play action for Kirk from under center, straight drop. Kirk trying to win it to Thielen, caught at the five. Cousins, Thielen, 42 on the Saints. Kirk takes the snap, looks right, fade left, end zone, and it is caught. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie, and thank you for spending 15 minutes with Matt Anderson and me today. And so now we look at the same team on paper over the next two months with a roster preview series. It starts today, and Matt and I are going to find the best new additions to Minnesota starting roster. But before all that, we got to start with top of mind, top of news, and that is the Dalvin Cook news that he will be holding out from all team activities until he receives a reasonable deal. He's out. He won't be showing up with camp or beyond. Courtney Cronin adds some colors. She thinks the Vikings and Dalvin Cook, when all said and done, do reach a deal that the Vikings can afford top five running back money, and that is what Dalvin's camp is looking for. That would put him in the 13 million per year range. And there's still time to work things out, but that is a lot of money for a running back. Matt, it's good to hear your voice. Good to connect again. Tell me, what do you think about this Dalvin Cook holdout? Yeah, I mean, I've said it before with past players. Uh, I'll kind of say it again with with Dalvin. I'll never fault a player for holding out um, for money, especially at a position like like Dalvin uh, at running back where, you know, your body takes a big toll. He hasn't really stayed 100% healthy in all of his career as a, as a Minnesota Viking. So he's just he just wants to capitalize on what he did last year and what he's probably projected to do this year. And then obviously when you look at the numbers too, I mean, there's 41 other running backs that are supposed to make more than Dalvin Cook this year. Um, he's only slated to make $2 million. Wow. And we have people like Giovanni Bernard who are going to make more money than him this year, uh, which wow. is just asinine in my opinion. So I don't fault the guy at all. Now, So there are some to- teams out there where they have two running backs who are going to make more than Dalvin. Right. Okay. Which is just crazy. Yeah, because Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, but Cincinnati, they have Joe Mixon and Bernard. Um, I don't know what Mixon's making, but I know Bernard is making more than Cook this year. And Rex Burkhead from the Patriots is going to make more than him. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't blame him at all. But now it comes a time of like, what are we going to pay him? Uh, this season was kind of considered to be our cap hell in the sense that we weren't probably going to get to do a lot because we didn't have a lot of money. But they've set themselves up to do, you know, pretty well next year cap wise, assuming COVID-19 doesn't decrease the cap like a lot of a lot of people are talking about. So I think they can offer Dalvin a little bit more than what the fans want him for. But I will be curious to see um, how much the Vikings will actually budge because uh, I have heard like 13 million. And I, I think that's that's way too much in my opinion. But Yeah, I think even I would say that's too much. I'm honestly hoping for a number in the eight to ten million dollar range. But all the talk today really just made me realize that I've still got some things to get over with this offseason. 
I would love to be in a position not to pay Dalvin Cook. I would love to have three great wide receivers to throw the ball to. I would love to have brought in an offensive coordinator who's looking to prioritize the pass game. I would love to have a set of offensive linemen, five offensive linemen that you can trust any running back in front of. But the Vikings don't have those things. And so they've put themselves in the position where they may have to pay Dalvin Cook, where there's a lot of people who saying Dalvin has no leverage. Well, in general, for a running back in the NFL, maybe he doesn't have a lot of red love. But we're talking about this team. We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings. And we all know that the Vikings are more running back dependent than most teams in the NFL. So they're going to pay their running backs accordingly. Now, again, $13 million would be a crazy, crazy high number, in my opinion. Maybe reasonable means 8 to 10. But if Dalvin doesn't want to play for anything less than 13, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be hard to watch on offense without this guy. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw Alexander Madison, you know, he did he did fine last year, kind of filling in sparingly. And I know a lot, ex- people expected a lot from Boone in the Green Bay game, and he kind of disappointed, but he did show promise as well. But I think you're right. I think, you know, I don't think uh, the Vikings have all the leverage that they think either, because they know how dependent their offense is on Dalvin Cook. So it's going to be a little game of chicken here for a while to see kind of who's going to budge. And I don't think it'll be Dalvin. I honestly think he's willing to sit out a whole year. He's willing to go into free agent, free agency and, and not have any hits on his body. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell. Now, granted, he didn't get as big of a contract that the Steelers offered him, but he got more guaranteed money. And mm-hmm. for a running back with a short career, that's, that's really yeah. all you can kind of ask for. Guarantees are all that, all that matter. You know, Alex Madison would be great, a great primary running back in half of the NFL offenses out there, but not this one because we we need that running back so much. And we actually need a stable of running backs. You know, if you if you start Madison week one, he gets injured, you're down to Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah. And it's just not a realistic option for how much this team likes to run the ball, for how much this team likes to pass to running backs. So Alex Madison is not going to be included in my best new starters list. I hope you don't fault me for that, Matt. Not at all. <laughs> but let's get, to, let's get to these candidates. Now, I thought a great way to recap what we did in the draft and free agency was to look at who we think are the best new additions to that starting lineup. So I'm going to walk through the candidates. We've got defensive tackle Michael Pierce, who the Vikings signed from the Baltimore Ravens on a three-year deal in free agency. We've got cornerback Mike Hughes. The Vikings had a lot of corners leave. Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. Mackenzie Alexander no longer in purple, so Mike Hughes is going to be a starter where he wasn't last year. We've got the LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson, who the Vikings got in the draft. And then a few picks later, we've got cornerback Jeff Gladney. Both of those players are projected to see starting time as well. We've also have 
defensive end, Efedi Odegnabo, another promotion at the defensive end position with Everson Griffin leaving the Minnesota Vikings no longer in purple, and he's still out there as a free agent. Then we have offensive guard Drew Samia, another promotion with Josh Klein leaving town. Finally, there is a second-round rookie offensive tackle, Ezra Cleveland. Maybe Cleveland and Samia aren't starters day one, but you have to include them on this list because people have different projections for these young players. So with that list, Pierce, Hughes, Jefferson, Gladney, Odenigbo, Samia, and Cleveland. Matt, I'm going to ask you, which of those guys do you like the most? Um, I like Afadi Odenabo the most, actually. Okay. Um, obviously, he's got the clearest path to start, but I just think of what he's done each year since he's been drafted. You know, a seventh-round draft pick was kind of cut mm-hmm. on the practice squad, finally kept working, working, and, you know, last year he kind of, I don't want to say burst out of the scene, but he played really well in, in his minimal snaps. I, I stacked up to Everson and Griffin and Stephen Weatherly, you know, he had seven sacks to their nine and four and almost a third of, of, of what they actually, uh, their time on the field. So I think he's got, you know, a really strong chance to be, you know, one of the best new starters that we see in this next season. Great. And how'd you pick them um, over some of these other guys? Because, uh, you know, we have a lot of options here. There's a lot of roster turnover. So why does Odenbo stick out? Or is there any, any of these other guys you want to comment on? Yeah, I mean, I like a bunch of them. I really like Jeff Gladney and then Michael Pierce. You know, I think what he can bring to our D-tackle spot will be good. I just think, and obviously defensive ends may be a little more flashy because they get the sacks and, and they get he's going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups, I feel like, on the outside because Daniil Hunter, I think, is going to take up some of those. And Michael Pierce is good. I heard some fans kind of talk about how they weren't really thrilled with the signing, but he is a good defensive tackle. Uh, who can play the run really well. So um, I think he'll he'll perform better than Linball did last season. So I really think that everything's kind of lining up for Odenabo to just be, you know, a really great starter for us next season. Sure. And and being a great starter, that's kind of, it's hard to project, you know, a promotion like this where a guy's been working off the bench. Odenabo was playing. He was pass rushing from the interior a lot, bringing Limbaugh off the field in 2019. They put Odenabo in and have him generate some interior pressure. So what does his 2020 look like? At the end of the year, what are we going to be saying about Afadio Odenabo? Yeah, it'll be interesting because, like I said, he only played a third of the snaps last year on defense. So you have to assume that he's going to potentially play up to what Everson Griffin was, which was almost 900 snaps. So there's going to be a lot of work and conditioning uh, to make sure that he can actually stay out there for the length of the season. But I think if he can, if he can consistently, you know, have, have pressure on the quarterback, I don't need like gaudy sack numbers, but if Mm -hmm. he gets about what he got last year, seven, maybe, maybe 10 or 11 sacks, you know, just keep playing all those snaps and getting all those hurries and stuff. I I think that that can be uh, a huge help to that defensive line especially when you got, you know, Daniil Hunter on the other side, making your life a little easier. So I've got the numbers here. Everson Griffin had 66 pressures and nine sacks last year. That's in three times as many snaps as you said Odenabo had. 
Fadi had 25 pressures, seven sacks. So getting all those snaps, are, is this a guy who you think, is he going to outperform Everson Griffin from 2019? I mean, if you just multiply his stats, you would say yes. Um, mm-hmm. To match what Griffin had. But I don't think it's as easy as that. I think maybe you'll see early on in the season that he'll, he'll maybe rack up a lot of numbers in terms of hurries and pressures and sacks. And then teams obviously will start to figure out against him a little bit more but if he can turn in a season that you know Everson Griffin did or just a little bit below that I think that's great especially considering that you let Griffin walk for that amount of money and you're going to pay Odenabo a third of that so um, I think I think that Odenabo like I said if he can just put up kind of Griffin-esque numbers um, or just a little below I think that that's a win for us. Yeah that sounds good that sounds like success Griffin type numbers at a third of the cost. That's kind of the value that Odenabo is looking to provide in 2020. And that's Matt's pick for best new starter for the Minnesota Vikings. I'll go with my pick now. I'm going to go with Jeff Gladney. The 2020 team is going to be so heavily reliant on youngsters. I keep on saying it. I'll continue to speak this idea on this show. Both the rookies, the second-year players, anybody on a rookie contract basically is going to be in a huge role for the Vikings, and they're going to contribute to their success or failure. Um, That's especially true on defense and really true in the secondary. At cornerbacks, a lot of people have crowned Mike Hughes as CB1 by default. I just don't see it. Uh, Matt, if you have questions there, I'm happy to answer them in, in a bit. Holton Hill, I'm more confident in Hill than Hughes on the field. It's pretty hard to know what he is off of it, and he's one false step away from losing his career maybe. Then we have the second-year guy, Chris Boyd, a developmental player. Hopefully he continues. And we have the rookies, Cameron Dantzler, and Gladney. So if Minnesota needs three solid cornerbacks and every team needs a trio in the NFL these days, there's no way they get three solid players without Jeff Gladney being a prominent starter in his rookie year. That's a ton of pressure on a young player. That's a ton of pressure to put on him, especially with limited spring and summer practices. But I actually think Gladney could be up for the task. He's got the speed, the ball skills, and the college production should translate into the NFL. Uh, His main weakness, the size, is something that disappears once you watch the film. So he can be an every-down cornerback, and that type of player stands out to me for such an important position in the NFL. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fault you uh, with that pick. Because obviously when you think of like Mike Hughes, he's got those injury concerns. And when you think of Holton Hill, he's got the off-field concerns. So Gladney is a, is a really smart pick. And he, he definitely could be one of those ones that steps right in on day one. He's got the attitude to go along with the skill. But he will be tested early and often in a starting role. And that's my only concern is that I, I know they always say that cornerback – is one of the hardest positions to learn as a rookie coming into the NFL. And so that's probably why I didn't pick him. 
only because I want to see just kind of how he handles the workload right off the get-go. Yeah, it, it is hard to pick a rookie when you've got some veterans who you've, or I guess relative veterans who you've seen at least get a season under the belt flash on Sunday on the NFL field. Yeah, I, you know, Cleveland, also a very important position, offensive tackle, but he might not start right away. I think Drew Samia might be the worst person on this list, just being a relative unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Michael Pierce for what he is in the scheme, and I like Justin Jefferson, but those positions aren't as impactful. Just like we talked about with Dalvin Cook, look at the scheme and and wide receiver two and a run-stuffing defensive tackle just aren't as impactful as a starting cornerback. So we're looking for Gladney to start. We're looking for a lot of snaps. You know, he's got to replace a Trey Waynes or a Xavier Rhodes in terms of snap count. And uh, I'm hoping they keep him out on the outside and let Mike Hughes rotate into the slot when we need three corners. Yeah, I think that's the best case scenario for for Gladney. Um, he primarily kind of played outside uh, in college, and that's where he kind of had his best success. I wouldn't worry about putting him out there. But I do, you know, I want to counter your question that you had for me for Odenabo. You know, what would you deem as a successful season for Gladney? Because, you know, cornerbacks you you typically just look at like interceptions or or mm-hmm. pass passer rating given up so i mean what what would be successful for for glad yeah that's a great question and i would start with the 70 percent of snaps yeah that, maybe that's a little of a backwards feedback loop but you know how mike zimmer operates especially with youngsters if you're making mistakes on the field you're not going to be on it for long Uh, We saw even the veteran, Xavier Rhodes, struggle. Did Mike Zimmer just keep him out there? No. They started the defensive back rotation. So if he's playing, you know, I I guess that would be 700 snaps. If he's on the field for 70% of the time alone, that means he's doing something right in Mike Zimmer's scheme. Stats-wise, I mean, I'd say under 65% completion when targeted, you know, six pass breakups and two interceptions, nothing heavy, but that production would still be better than what Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes did in 2019. The Vikings aren't really a high turnover generating defense. So I think two picks is not going to be looked at as a failure. I think that's actually a massive success for Jeff Gladney as a rook. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And it is going to help Gladney as well. When we went into this offseason, not many people thought that Anthony Harris would be back, but he is. So it'll help a young rookie like Gladney who's going to have a lot of playing time just knowing he's got those two great all-pro um, veteran safeties behind him just to kind of back him up if things if things go wrong. Yeah. So he should be poised for a pretty good season if, if he succeeds early. Because like you said, if he doesn't, Zimmer won't be shy about pulling him out for a little bit. For sure. And you you didn't crucify me over my Mike Hughes take. So I know I'm doing something right. Miles is the Mike Hughes stand, so is is Miles still standing? I just I mean you know Mike Hughes got torched versus Dallas and Miles was still out there on Twitter standing for him, so Yeah, yeah, I it's wild. 
it's wild. I mean, if if Xavier or Trey still had that type of a leash, they don't deserve it. But that's kind of where I am with Mike Hughes is we're still treating this guy like a first-year player. He's in his third year. He's supposed to be going into the primary cornerback slot. And we don't know anything about him. When a guy is crowned into an important role like that without competition or a great track record, I get really nervous. He was okay in 2019 while recovering from that that injury. He's similar to Waynes and Rhodes, specifically in terms of PFF grade. But remember, those raids don't adjust for competition. So what happens when Hughes, being an average cornerback going against third options what happens when that same guy is going against the best wide receivers in the world on a consistent basis and the only example we have of him doing that was week 10 Sunday night football going against Amari Cooper so that is a little anecdotal and I'm excited to see how he grows but he isn't just and obvious, doesn't give us that warm and fuzzy, obviously capable cornerback that he should as a third-year player. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's why I think, I mean, you you alluded to it earlier, that's probably why he should start out in the slot this year. I don't think he should be at an outside role. If we're going into this season with Hill and Gladney on the outside and, and Hughes playing the slot, I'm fine let's with go. But Yeah, let's go. To your point, yeah, I mean, we can't just crown him this this cornerback one just because there is nobody else. He's got to earn that right to play outside and, and prove that he can, you know, he can be a good, consistent player for us and stay healthy. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. So that's it. I We got our two most impactful starters for the Vikings in 2020. They will be Afedi Odenabo at defensive end and Jeff Gladney at cornerback. Two big-time defenders, hopefully, for the defensive rebuild. Mike Zimmer needs these young guys to start flying. We've also did, – did we figure anything uh, and final on Dalvin Cook? How much? How much should we pay Dalvin Cook, Matt? I think 8 to 10 is fine. Just front-load it okay. and okay. have an easy out after two right. years. Right. So if Matt and I were in charge of the team, we'd be paying Dalvin Cook eight to 10 million. Uh, do we have to, how, how many years? Two to three with an option to get out. Eight to 10 million for two to three years until the next great running back, Alex Madison, arrives. <laughs> You're just messing with people now. Oh, no, no, I never do that. And, and we got Odenning Bow and glad need the starters. So that's it, y'all. We'll be doing a lot of these little preview shows, going to mix up who we're talking to. Uh, Matt, thank you for, for coming on tonight. Any closing words? Feels good to be back talking football with you, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate y'all listening. So that's the show. Hope you enjoy it. Hope your life is starting to get a little back to normal. Please stay safe. And uh, let us know if you have any questions. We're here to answer them. Thank you, y'all. Till next time, Skull Vikings.